0: Now back to the Happy Hour with Nick Saner and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com Back here on the Happy Hour 937 the ticket the ticketfm.com Nick Saner and Enrique Alvarez Clary are with you so, we usually have Aaron Sorensen on Wednesdays. However, it's been kind of a different week. Scott Frost talked to a, at 11 o'clock on Wednesday, so we switched her to today. She dished us for Scott Frost. Not, not necessarily. In a way, not necessarily. I'm going to blame Scott. We are now joined on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline by Aaron Sorensen of Hill Varsity. Aaron, how's it going?
1: It's good. It's fair. You can you can blame Scott Frost. He, uh, he did change my schedule for uh, yesterday because of the last-minute announcement that we got to talk with him. Are you
2: trying to tell me that Scott Frost is more important than the happy hour?
1: No, Ooh. but my job kind of is, just that because they sense. want me there. But that was the only reason. Otherwise never that
0: checks out um we'll 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 take that for what it is all right let's uh just just go right into it what's 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 your thoughts on how this week's kind of unfolded it's been a rough week for nebraska men's athletics as obviously everything that happened with the football program on monday um and then nebraska basketball decided to um, kind of fall out flat in their in their home opener what's this week been like
1: well, we'll start with basketball, because I feel like yeah. that right now is a little more solvable, and by yes. that I mean I have no idea what's going to happen this season, but <laughs> but I will say for the Nebraska basketball fans out there who are looking at this one game as a potential, like, I, I don't think the, you know, I don't think the wheels have fallen off the bus yet. I think that this is definitely something that Nebraska can build from. I don't think you, you certainly can build from this, but... You know, there's an opportunity to use this as a learning opportunity and to get better as a team. If you're going to have a game like this, at least it happened when it did mm-hmm. and not, you know, two months down the road. If you're going to have to learn that, like, rebounding's got to get better, um, just – there are just these these pieces that they're going to have to improve on. So I think, you know, listening to how upset Fred Hoiberg was, which I think a lot of people sort of said, you know, this is the most upset yeah. he has seen. He has seemed game in his tenure at Nebraska – I would agree, but at the same time, like, this is this is very, very, very early in the season. There's a lot of room to grow, so I, I'm not yet of the, like, well, throw up the white flag, it's over. If that's where somebody's at, like, too soon. Uh, for football, definitely a bit of, like, some pieces were expected, some were unexpected. I think as the weekend was progressing, there was a lot of uh, smoke that Scott Frost could have his contract, or could have his um could ultimately be retained but have his contract essentially restructured. And usually when there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. So as we know, that came true on Monday. I think the part that really surprised me and a lot of people was the decision to part ways with four assistant coaches when it happened. I think most people thought that there would be changes, but they would happen post season. So that one is a little bit more of a tougher thing to sort of wrap your head around. But it definitely has made for a very uh, – not, it's not been a dull week. For a bye week, that's one thing I guess
0: you could yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. I, I want to touch on that because that's been kind of a big talking point is having the, the assistance done immediately. Why do you think that is? Is it for recruiting purposes? Is it just it, it, it was going to happen anyway, so might as well just have it start right now? What, what are your thoughts on that? Why now?
1: I think when you look at the timing recruiting was probably your biggest factor into it. I think at that point you're probably, you're probably making knowing that you're going to upset some of your current players. As we know, the offensive line was very somber. They really liked Greg Austin. So it sounds like that was a pretty rough announcement and then uh, (laughs) subsequent practice and workouts following that news. But when you look at recruiting, especially when you think about, I think it's what November 27th is when uh, they can officially go back in homes. And this is a week of recruiting where you can um, be out looking at, you know, you can be out on the road looking at kids, but like that November 27th date, if I'm not mistaken, is like the date you can go back in home. And when you walk into those homes, you're going to have to have a plan in place and when you look at that time frame, it would have been very quick post-Iowa to make that happen. So this is going to at least allow Nebraska some time to maybe get its ducks in a row before stepping into recruit rooms and, or homes, I should say, and telling them here's what our plan is for the future. Although I, I don't know if they'll have an offensive coordinator in place at that point, but at least there's some, some roadmap that they can say well look we've we've already parted ways now we're working on the next steps.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because Nebraska's going to lose quite a few guys on defense um since they're so experienced on that side of the ball but how much how worried are you about attrition becoming a factor on the offensive side of the ball with so many staff changes? Because I mean Nebraska, Scott Frost wasn't shy about it a couple weeks ago. They're going to they're going to use the portal quite a bit this year especially if adrian martinez does decide to to move on which that kind of seems to be the way that everybody's leaning on that on that front so how how worried are you that attrition becomes a factor specifically on the offensive side of the ball
1: well first i just had to look it up for my own sake the quiet period ends on the 27th so okay. it's very close they get yeah. to going home on the 28th and forward so i just needed to make sure for my own sake of course um yeah, I, I think the inevitable, like it's inevitable. If say uh, Trev Alberts had said we are going to be parting ways with Scott Frost at the end of the season or after the Iowa game had made that announcement, you would have seen attrition. I think whenever you lose a coach, you inevitably see, you inevitably see attrition just because of that. So there are going to be players who are on this roster right now that had their position coach, um, their role eliminated essentially with Nebraska. That this player had that coach in their home, recruiting them, telling them what they saw in them, built a relationship with them, have spent multiple years with them developing and getting better. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially when you think of how hurt the offensive line was. I could you could reasonably see players there making decisions. Uh, you know, you never know with quarterbacks what they're going to do because obviously quarterbacks are very much um they're often very tied to their position coaches as well. Mm-hmm. Now that could change depending on maybe what scott frost does with the quarterbacks but i i would be surprised if we don't see some some level of attrition i think that's just inevitable i i will also add though by retaining sean Becton, who a lot of this team very deeply respects that was in my opinion a smart move you do need somebody to bridge the gap sean Becton has immense amount of um respect on this team so he could potentially keep some players, at least some of the skill players, engaged in wanting to stay at Nebraska. But we, I would be, I would be lying if I said I don't expect to see some players decide to move on from Nebraska when this season is done.
0: Yeah,
2: we're talking to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity, and Aaron, you kind of touched on it during your answer. Uh, depending on uh, if Scott Frost decides to do anything with the quarterbacks, I was wondering what are your thoughts on a, a possible. Scott Frost possibly taking over with quarterbacks coaching and then that opens up another coaching spot Uh, and we know that Frost said that Dawson has been doing a great job with special teams but do you believe that he looks anywhere at a special teams coach
1: that's a good question because I know a lot of people are really upset by his answer yesterday when he Mm kind of didn't want to give a definitive answer as to yes he wants one uh, wants a special teams coach I think you have to start with whatever happens with offensive coordinator. Obviously he talked about needing it to be somebody he trusts and in doing so being able to give up the play calling duties himself, that's going to be huge because if he can actually find an offensive coordinator he trusts, maybe then he feels more confident and comfortable putting his time and attention as a CEO of a team and focusing then as um, a quarterback's coach is sort of like, I brought this name up yesterday and I'm sure I upset people in the process of it, but like, that's what Bill Callahan did. He focused on quarterbacks. Um, So it's like, don't say that name, but like, I mean, a lot of head coaches focus on different position groups. And we know that as a former quarterback himself, that is a, an area that Scott is particularly passionate about. So I think it would make a lot of sense, but you have to start with that offensive coordinator to find out sort of how the chips may fall from there And I think because of that, I can't say in all certainty that a special teams coach is going to be a part of this change. And I honestly, I think that's going to be a big piece that people will either be critical or um, I I think a lot of feelings about this decision to part ways with four coaches in the way that it was will be dependent on what happens. And if a special teams coach is hired or not, I think people will see a special teams coach as like, well, he's willing to make a change. If it's basically the same structure but just different people, I could see some, I could see some people being upset with that by thinking, well, then what was really the big difference here? And his answer previously about it's not special teams, it's specialists. While I don't entirely agree because there's been so many special teams mishaps as well. Mm. Uh, that tells me, like, I don't know if he's 100% on board with a special teams coach, but maybe maybe his mind has been changed, or maybe he and Trev Alberts have talked about it. I don't know, but, like, his, answer, his answers previously and then what he said yesterday, don't give me that, like, I would say I'm 50-50 on what ends up happening there.
0: How skeptical are you, Aaron, that he will actually be willing, Scott Frost, I mean, will be willing to give up a role in the offense?
1: Oh, I'm very skeptical. I think he's skeptical. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. There was there was definitely <laughs> you uncertainty. You could I, feel the uncertainty in the room yesterday. He was
1: like I've called this offense for ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I, I would say he's even skeptical about it. But I think this is something that clearly in his conversations with Trev Alberts, uh, Trev wants him to give this. Like he wants him to focus more as a CEO. And to be more of a higher level thinker across the board versus being so dialed in just on one, one area. And he even said, he's like, I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about other things. I mean, I don't think Eric Schneider really wants him like meddling too far into the defense, but like, oftentimes we would ask him questions about uh, an opposing team's offense. And and Scott would say, I don't, I haven't watched any of their offensive film. I have Mm -hmm. no idea. Yeah. So, I am skeptical, but I think if you gave him some truth serum, he'd say the same thing too. I think he is skeptical of giving up the thing that he is passionate about. And like he even said himself, he's done for 10 years.
2: Uh, Aaron, big news of the day. Jojo Doman uh, hanging up the cleats for Nebraska, getting surgery on his on his hand. How big of a blow is it that they're losing their Swiss Army knife nickel linebacker uh, in Doman before these last two games?
1: It definitely it definitely hurts, especially with how he played against Ohio State. But um, the one thing, the one reality that sets in for JoJo, and I think a lot of fans understand fully, is that he was going to have. It sounds like he was going to have to have surgery at some point, and it's it then becomes a. When does he have that surgery? And the timeline is starting to get tight, especially for these players that might be looking into the senior bowls getting invited to the nfl combine like these things are going to come quickly it's kind of hard to believe how fast those timelines are going to how fast this timeline is for some of those players who are looking at the nfl draft but like those invites are going to start and they need to be able to show that they're healthy so if it was a in a lot of ways for him this was in my opinion a wise business decision he he chose to return for a six year that he didn't have to return for he already gave nebraska more time it definitely sucks for nebraska but it's smart for jojo and when you look at like the long-term benefits for him i think he made the right decision for himself although i'm sure eric schnander would have loved to have him for two more games especially Mm -hmm. against wisconsin and iowa but now you're going to get to see someone like Isaac Gifford step up. It'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the defense steps up in his absence.
0: A couple more here before we let you go. We're talking to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. What is the so it's kind of a two-parter here. What is the expectation for next season and then what should be the expectation for next season taking everything into account that Scott Frost restructured a contract, that it's going to be a new offensive staff, possibly a new quarterback. What is the expectation and what should be the expectation?
1: I think the expectation is you have to hit a bowl game. And I think that should be a, the expectation. I, I think if you get anything, I, I, honestly, I think if you hit six and six, people will still be disappointed. But yeah. if if you don't at least get to a bowl game, that's a non-starter for 2022. Like, it is bowl game or bust. But at that same time, I think you're looking at needing to find a way to get to seven and five, eight and four. I mm-hmm. think those are the expectations because it becomes a – point of you you have said you're so close and you've said that so many of those games are just a play away so you've now made a change big changes if you can't get over that hump and you cannot figure out how to make those close games swing in your favor then those expectations are no longer like you've blown the expectations up at that point so I would say like a reasonable one is six and six get to a bowl game. But I think they're probably, I I think in all honesty, they're probably higher than that.
2: Yeah. Uh, one more question for you before we let you go. We're speaking to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity. Nebraska Volleyball signed their volleyball class uh, yesterday. Hayden Kubik joins her sister. She's the number one recruit in the country. Uh, but, a, but a big loss uh, in-state as Estella Zadichka goes to Missouri. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, not only Nebraska's uh, volleyball class, but maybe Estella?
1: Yeah, I have to just say first and foremost, um, my favorite thing about Nebraska volleyball—not just Nebraska Cornhusker volleyball, but I'm talking about Nebraska volleyball as a state—is the amount of people who on Facebook and in different like places were like um, basically upset because they're like, "Well, this player went to you know to Texas, mm-hmm. whatever." Like it was so it it was. Just cracking me up. The amount of um, like, w- w- basically, you can't keep everyone here, and yes. and that's just the reality of it. It's, it's the same even with football. You can't keep all of your top talent. Um, Nebraska did sign a really strong class, so I think the reality is you are going to lose some players elsewhere. Um, I was actually thinking of this the other night when I was looking at the you know the top twenty-five in volleyball, and Nebraska definitely has a challenge ahead as far as staying like in that top 10 of some like volleyball as a sport is just getting more and more elite every single year, which is not a bad thing at all. Nebraska signed the number one recruiting class last year has signed a really strong recruiting class this year. That talent is still coming to Nebraska, but as volleyball as a sport continues to grow and that comes from TV coverage, it comes from us talking about it on this radio show right now. It comes from every bit of media that continues to just, like, put a spotlight on the sport and the the, the talent grows, the players get better and better every year, the competition gets better, you're going to inevitably see players that you would have loved to have seen stay at Nebraska leave. And so, you know, I think that actually bodes well for the state as a whole, but it does definitely stink if you're a Nebraska volleyball fan and you wish you could keep every everyone that you want local. But it, it's, it, it's inevitable as the sport gets better. So it's kind of like a um, – it's a it's a good thing, bad thing all at the same time. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and they signed Nebraska volleyball signed the second ranked class in the country, and we mentioned they mm-hmm. had the number one recruit in the country uh, in in Maddie Kubik's sister, and then Becca Alec from Waverly. So, all right, Aaron, we appreciate the time. As always, uh, enjoy the bye weekend, and we will uh, talk to you next Wednesday.
1: Yes, normal Wednesday.
0: Yes, ma'am. All right, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That is Erin Sorensen of Hale Varsity joining us uh, every week, as she always does. All right, good stuff there. Let's take our final time out. When we come back, we will give away some goodies, courtesy of Beatrice Bakery, next up on The Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of The Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com.